ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children over the age of 21, welcome to the Hop Nation USA podcast. We are here today for a big one, gentlemen, and that big one is episode 25. I'm back on the air, back in town, and ready to rejoin the nation. To my right, as always, is Steve. Steve has got to be excited today because it's our 25th episode. And I know that he's excited about the beers we're going to be drinking today. So, what's going on, man? I'm mad wicked excited. Are you from Boston today? No, but that will play into later. (laughs) These aren't even Massachusetts beers. No, they're not. That'll play into later in the segment. You are drinking out of a Sam Adams glass today, though. So, maybe that was... Filtering some yeah. some Boston isms through you, a little, little bit of Boston little, paint chipped off into it. A little bean town. <laughs> well, I mean, the tap pole for that is a spray can, so that makes sense for the Rebel IPA. Yeah. So yeah, paint. Good for it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. And to my left is Adam. Adam, yeah. you excited? I'm a little bit excited. I know for episode ten, I wasn't excited at all. Episode twenty, I wasn't excited at all. 25, I think I'm going to allow myself to be just a little bit excited. You're going to have a little bit of fun. A little bit of fun. The fun meter, the, the needle on it will move a little bit. I'm not going to go off scale high, but I'll have some fun tonight. I'm, I'm a little bit jazzed. I, I have a feeling that's actually going to change by the end of the episode. We'll find out. So Yeah, we're going <laughs> to see. Why don't you kind of explain the theme for the day, Sam? Alrighty, I can do that. So the theme for today, for our big 25 episodes is going to be Big Dog Beers. And what I mean by Big Dog Beers is that we're having Dogfish Head beers that are big. They're kind of like Big Dog Beers. Very big. So for today's episode, because we wanted to celebrate and try some really good stuff on the podcast today, none of which I have had before, we are going to be trying some of the beers from Dogfish Head, their rare collection, some uh, some of their big dogs. And what we mean by big dogs is well, I think this, the lowest one in ABV that we have for today's show is 12%, and Great. it only goes up from there. Yeah, and uh, that's that's kind of why I was suggesting, Adam, that your tune's going to change by the end of the night, whether you like it or not. <laughs> well, if it's any indication from last week's episode, right. I'm, I'm just glad that Sam is here. Yeah, to, to kind of split l- up the... <laughs> lighten the load. <laughs> split up the tasting a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. I might just drink one of these beers by myself before the show even gets started, and then we'll really have some fun tonight. Oh, no. Ooh, I don't know no. about that. <laughs> All right, so let's get this episode started the right way. Let's get into one of these beers. I'm excited. Steve's excited. Adam is partially excited, so maybe his excitement level will go up even more after he introduces this beer to us. Mildly excited. Mildly excited. I'm willing to go mildly excited. But the first beer that we have tonight is from Duke Dogfish Head. Oh, really? Which is exciting. Big dog. (laughs) Uh, This is their Palo Santo Marron. It is a wood-aged brown ale. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is one of the lighter fares of this evening with... 12% 12% ABV, so, you know, hey, just a little guy. Just right. a little guy. Just uh, a little filler. Uh, to satisfy Sam a little bit, it does uh, come in with 50 IBUs. So oh, very nice. Now, granted, with that big of an ABV, I don't know how much the IBUs are going to kick in. Can't imagine I'm going to be getting ah. too much hot flavor off this beer. Right, hey, right. I haven't had it before, so we'll see. Nor have I. Uh, so, actually, what the name Palo Santo Marone comes from is actually a little bit of history. The beer during the fermentation process are in two giant 10,000-gallon tanks. And the tanks are actually wooden tanks, which would kind of explain the subtitle on this, which is a wood-aged brown ale. Okay. Okay. So it's it's open-top 
tanks. So it's kind of a farmhouse, kind of a saison kind of setup. So like an old world setup yeah, exactly. in a way. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, it is actually a Paraguayan Palo Santo wood is what the tanks are made of. Oh. Hence the name Palo Santo. I get you. Duh. Uh, it is act- Palo Santo actually means holy tree. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Palo Santo, yes. the holy tree of beers here we're going to be drinking. Mm-hmm. It was actually first introduced in November of 2006. Mm. And I believe that was in Rehoboth Beach. Rehoboth Beach? Rehoboth. You take the Amtrak down to Rehoboth. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Down there in Delaware. So I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to drink this. Go ahead, pop yeah. it open. Let's drink this most holiest of trees. So you said Palo Santo is the holy tree. Mm-hmm. Marone, is that possibly brown sure. in Spanish? I don't know. I took German in high school. All right. Sounds like it might be, though. Could be. I don't remember from my Spanish days what brown was. Yeah. I don't remember either. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> I remember green was verde. Yeah, I remember verde. What was azul? That was blue. That was blue. Aranha, that was orange. I think that was an... Was that just orange? Was was that an actual orange? They both kind of... I don't remember now. Was it interchangeable? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, sure. Let's go with dealing, While you guys are dealing with the Spanish fly, Mm -hmm. I'll be distributing beers here. Yes. Yes, yes. Thank you. So before we get into this, I'm going to try something a little bit different today. Uh Uh-oh. So Adam's got a thermometer out. And he's sticking it into his beer. I'm sticking it into my beer. Uh... This one is being served a little bit warmer than I would expect. It is kicking in at right around 62 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. If you want to get technical, that is 17.2 degrees Celsius. Oh, good for it. <laughs> now, sometimes with these bigger, more expensive beers, I've seen on the bottle before that they will actually tell you or give you a recommended temperature right. to drink them at. Yes. So yes. I, I can't say I've never stuck a thermometer in my beer because I absolutely have. <laughs> yeah, I can't say that either now. Yeah, you just <laughs> did it. I totally <laughs> so that, makes, that makes two of us of the three here at this mm-hmm. table. So, Well, let's get into can't this give, beer. Can't give you that third hat trick, sorry. <laughs> you never okay. stuck a thermometer in your beer? No, I just guesstimate pretty well. Oh, oh come right. on. <laughs> let's get back to the beer that we have in front of us. All right, so again, we're drinking the Paulo San- Santo Marone. Is it Marone or Moron or Marin? See, I want to say Marone, so I don't say Moron. <laughs> moron. <laughs> You're a stupid beer. Look at you. Sounds classier to say maroon. The maroon. Yeah. Kind of let it roll off the tongue a little bit. The maroon. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably our rolls. Maroon. 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 Now, this is a dark brown ale. Yes, That's it is. That's what I'll say first because, I don't know, a lot of the brown ales that I've had in the past, I mean, they're you can tell they're brown, but they're they're a little bit lighter. This is dark. Yeah. Being that this is 12%, you're probably looking at a giant malt grain bill that mm-hmm. it's going to bring it down that dark yeah. no matter oh, what. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, completely dark. It's a little bit... You get little twinges of red on the edges. Not much head retention. No, not at all. But that's kind of to be expected. Yeah. You don't Dis- get a lot of head on these <laughs> big, boozy beers. <laughs> Disappears pretty quick. Mm-hmm. I'll be perfectly honest. If I didn't know any better and somebody said this in front of me, I would just kind of think it was a, maybe a porter, a stouter, or a stout. I would guess stout. I think porters are generally a little darker. They don't let as much light through as this one, but yeah. it, it does kind of look like a stout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is, in fact, a wood-aged brown, so let's see what this thing smells like. It smells rather unique, and I mean that in a good way. Yeah, you can definitely get the wood. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so in addition to the wood, I mean, one of the things that I'm kind of smelling up front is is the booziness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can smell the alcohol. I mean, at 12%, it's there. You you know it's coming in that first sip. Yeah, I I smell the booze. I smell 
Uh, and it does smell like a brown ale as well. It does. But you can tell that it is a... a it's been kicked in the ass. Yes. That is a much better way <laughs> yeah. of putting it than I would have. Yeah. So I'm going to let it kick my ass. I'm going to drink it. Let's give it a shot. Wow. That is a big mouth feel. Yeah. Mm. As, that is the first thing that I noticed on this beer. Hmm. Yeah, it's big. It really covers all of the palate, all of the taste buds. And it gives you everything it has right up front, I'll say that. Yeah. I'm trying to, th- I'm, I'm looking at the bottle right now, and I see that it's supposed to have some roasty vanilla and caramel notes, but I didn't really taste any of that. Did you guys get I'm any? I'm not, mm, I'm no. getting, I'm getting booze. That's what I'm getting. I'm getting carbonation and booze. Now, to say that, that does not mean it's a bad taste at all. It's, yeah. it's not like drinking rubbing alcohol or anything ridiculous no, 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 like no. that. It is a very smooth it, booze. Yeah, it's a smooth booze. It is a little bit hot, not... Temperature-wise, but just like that alcohol boozy yes. heat that you get in your chest. Yeah, mm, lets you know you're alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now the Palo Santo moron. <laughs> I'm gonna roll my R's just so you know. Moron. Moronic. Moron. <laughs> this moronic Palo. So while we drink this stupid beer, what do you say we get into uh, some little, chats? A little talky-talky. Yeah. We all right. Little talky-talky. I think I think we have a little bit of a way to celebrate our 25th episode, though. It's a celebration, bitches. We actually got a little bit of fan mail. All right. And uh, I specifically like this message that we got because we're being asked something by a fan that we haven't covered yet. Which is kind of weird that we haven't covered this yet. Seems like it's day one type of stuff. Seems like it, but I, it's just we kind of made the assumption that everybody would know how to go about this. So let me le- read the message and then clue everybody in as to what's going on. Uh, hello, gentlemen. <laughs> I'm really enjoying the show. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I don't think we should make him be making fun of the guy. Era, era. <laughs> I thought I'd drop you all a line. <laughs> Sounds like this was written by a pooter. No, okay. I thought I'd drop you all a line to commend you and tell you to keep up the great work. The world of craft beer has intrigued me for years, and having now graduated from what's available from local grocers, I'm looking to broaden my horizons and move on to officially making this a hobby of mine. But before I do that, I have one burning question. How does one best become familiar with the many tastes and flavors of beer? I'd like to gain extensive knowledge and appreciation of the individual ingredients and intricacies so I can feel less pretentious around other beer enthusiasts. Moreover, I'd like to narrow down and pinpoint just what I like about a beer instead of just settling for liking the beer as a whole. Anyways, I'm really liking the show. You blend humor, knowledge, and beer talk quite well to make for an engaging podcast, and I love to listen at work. I've never been more tempted to drink on the job than when I'm listening to Hop Nation USA. Cheers, Justin. 21 Boston, Massachusetts. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. So I'm really surprised. Now that when I saw that email, I kind of realized we never talked about that. How does one get into this sort of craft or hobby? Right. How does one get into it, and how does one figure out what about the beers they like? Right. Instead of just liking the beer. That's a great question. Makes you really think back in the archives of your own life. Yeah. That, you yeah, got to wonder, how did you get into craft beer? Yeah, because when I, I mean, Justin's 21. So a young buck, a, you know, a young gentleman, and he, a, a young boy needs our help, <laughs> <laughs> and we can provide him help that we didn't necessarily get. Right. But I'm sure all three of us, we had to think back. How the hell did we actually come upon being into what we're into? Well, to me, it was very simple. Mm-hmm. The Erie Brewing Company. 
Yes, you've told this many times. Railbender. Right. <laughs> and that it, it, everything just grew from there. Mm-hmm. But before we get into this, the discussion, I think there's one solid piece of advice that needs to be thrown out there uh, for everybody that's listening. Okay. Uh, not necessarily just for Justin, but in, in general. And to me, it's the number one rule of beer drinking. Aside from don't drink and drive and all that good stuff. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> to me, the number one rule is drink what you like. Even if you 100% actually like... Bud Light. Who cares? Yeah. Bottom line, drink what you like. Yeah, we've said that a number of times on the show. I will get off of my soapbox. That's fine. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't want to talk about Bud Light or Coors Light. I think in this segment, we got to talk craft. Yeah. We do, we do, but the point still stands. Yeah, it's something we've said a number of times, though. Well, drink, drink what you like. You don't have to... <laughs> you only get one go around, make it a good one, Yeah. do what you like. So, Sam, what advice do you have for Justin? So, here's what I would recommend. I don't remember the exact point when I was getting into craft beer, but but one of the things that intrigued me, because I feel like when I turned 21 and, you know, graduated from college and you know, moved into the real world, that was when craft beer was really first starting to boom. And there was all kinds of stuff out there that I had no idea what it was. I didn't, wasn't familiar with the styles. I wasn't familiar with the breweries. So here was kind of my approach. And long story short, and, and especially the short answer to this, Justin, is... You gotta just try it, all right? You gotta go out there, you gotta drink different styles, you gotta drink different beers, you gotta, you gotta figure it out on your own. But here's what I would recommend. If you're, go, if you're going out, you're, you're not sure exactly what you wanna get, you're looking to buy some beer, whether that's at a beer distributor, grocery store, you know, whatever the case may be, a place that serves a lot of craft beer, don't just go in there blind. Have an idea of what you want. So pick a style would be my first piece of uh, piece of advice. Pick a style. Are you in the mood for something hoppy like an IPA? Something dark like a stout? Something uh, lighter or fruitier like a like a wheat or a blonde? And you know, think about it. If you're not sure what style you might want, if you're unsure what the styles are, think about what you might be doing, what you might be eating. What are you buying this beer for? Yeah. So the second piece of advice I would I would say is don't don't rush it. You know, go into a bar, go into a beer distributor, go into that grocery store and, and take some time to look around. Take a look at different bottles of beer, take a look at different breweries, read on the labels, see what the ingredients are, and try to find something that you think you might enjoy. You know, you can talk to someone there that's probably very knowledgeable on the subject, because what I found is, you know, a lot of people that work in those craft beer stores know a hell of a lot more than I do. So getting their opinion, getting their feedback is, is very helpful as well. And sometimes it's just as easy as throwing your hand up in the air and say, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. I need help. Uh-huh. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's about going out there and just trying the beer. Pick something that you think is interesting. Pick something that you think is unique. Pick something that you've never had before. Uh, and, and go out there and drink it. Uh, mix and mix and match uh, coolers are a great way to do this if you're only looking to you know buy things by the bottle and not by the six pack or the case and you want to try you know multiple beers in one sitting go go for that but you know the the biggest piece of advice I can give you and what I used to do is and what I still do is I just go out and I try whatever the hell I haven't had before <laughs> I pick something totally unique uh, I buy a lot of beer by the single and I I just go for it um, you know to your point. And I'll, I'll, I'll wrap this up here and let the other guys talk about it here in a second. But, you know, my last point is, you know, when you find something that you do like, you, you asked about, you know, what flavors you like in a beer. How will you know what ingredients you care for? Do a little research. If you find, find something that you thoroughly enjoy, 
get on this magical place called the internet and <laughs> see uh, you know see what's in the beer see how it's brewed you can find a lot of information uh, about a lot of different beers out there and just do some research and try to pinpoint exactly what what it is within the beer that you like you know that's kind of my advice go out explore buy beers by the single find something that's unique that you have never had before and you know give it a shot I think that's pretty good advice I have- I, I would I would agree with mostly what you said so far, Sam. Um, you know, like you said, when we were coming up, it was all starting to boom. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have a, we didn't have good points of reference. But we were so we just had to resort to just trying everything. Back yes, in my we did. day, yeah. Back <laughs> in my day, I had to drink six <laughs> different Hellases before I found a good one. Uphill, both ways in the snow. Hey, we we had to get a lot of drunk to try all those beers. <laughs> that too. Um, but I, we live in an age that everything is so specialized now that you find you can find single hop beers by almost every brewery now. Right. You can find just about every style. You can find all kinds of stuff. So I think the best. I think maybe one of the best ways to start narrowing down your tastes is actually to start with these very base beers one of the ways i got into stouts was because i was into guinness and yeah. that that kicked i mean that's one that's the basic stout i liked guinness so i started trying other stouts i believe the term that we use here on the show is gateway beer exactly mm-hmm. and guinness was a gateway beer to stouts yep. for me so that's what i started doing if you're into hoppy beers i would say start with one of these base single hop beers find out what is the profile of that hop and how does it affect that beer? Then you can start picking out other beers that either A, work with that hop, or mix it with other hops. You can you know, begin to build your own profile. Right. Because there might be some hop profiles that you enjoy, some you don't, some hop, particular hop strains that you like. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a high alpha versus a low alpha. It, 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 the possibilities are endless. Right. And again, like, just you, you have the option to get into very base styles. You can get just a basic barley wine, just a basic stout, and go with those first to see if you even enjoy that style to begin with. I'm not a big, you know, we've all had, we all mentioned the, the styles we do like, but there are styles we don't like. I'm not a big fan of sours and saisons. I don't like saisons a lot of the time because they have that horse blanket hay, <laughs> hay taste to them. <laughs> You know, that's something you're going to find in a lot of those, and I don't care for that. So I don't, I've learned to stay away from those. But every now and then, there's one I can tolerate. And that's just something you got to figure out for yourself to figure out what the styles are. And uh, just, just take that into your own life. Another way you can go about it is take flavors that you enjoy outside of beer. A lot of the times, that's going to apply to fruit and stouts. Yeah. That you're going to find, you know, oh, I like cherries normally, so I'm going to try cherry beers. You know, I like coconut, <laughs> so I'm going to try a coconut beer. And then you can start learning that way as to how a coconut plays in a beer. And I think that's really helpful for you just kind of developing your own tastes. It's just bring what you like from out from the outside of the beer world. <laughs> you know, if you, li- if you like peppers, if you like hot foods, you know, like Sam and I do, we... We see. Oh, oh, oh! You don't hey, like it like oh, we do. Oh, you don't no, like it. We like it real <laughs> spicy, Adam. Real spicy. You don't like it like we. We do. like our food spicy, our drink spicy, <laughs> our women spicy. <laughs> have you ever gotten in a fight with a guy at a Thai restaurant because he won't make it hot enough for you? I have not. All right then, rookie. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. <Yeah. laughs> 
when you go to a Thai place that they say 1 to 10, do you say 11? Because <laughs> I do, god damn it. <laughs> do you say 12 and slip them a buck? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just, just take flavors from outside your life and apply it to beer. And for the hoppy beers, look for particular strains. Mm-hmm. Try to try to start with single single hop beers, narrow those flavors down, and then you can put together bigger profiles for yourself. I have one more piece of advice, and it is on the surface a little bit counterintuitive, mm-hmm. uh, but in my experience, it makes sense. Uh, beer festivals. Don't rely on beer festivals to determine what you like and what you don't like. Now, there's a it, on the service. Why? Why is that bad advice? Or why would you not want to do that? You have so yeah, many. That's options. a great question. I love beer festivals. You know. Well, you know <laughs> what? I'm agreeing with Adam without even knowing what he's about to say. I, I know. I, he's I, I get. Yeah. So it, yes, you have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to options. However, the issue with that is tongue fatigue. Yeah. You are drinking so many beers so fast that your your palate doesn't necessarily have the chance to reset. So you don't, and once you get past the first three or four, it, a lot of the nuances are now gone. So you don't necessarily get the full breadth of what the taste of the beer is. So you get either a dulled effect or a, a taste that is affected by the previous beers. So you don't get a true blue reading as to what those beers are. With that being said, beer festivals are awesome. If you're there with a group of friends and you're just there to have a good time, make it happen. They are absolutely a blast, but if you don't rely on beer festivals to to help narrow your scope of beers, um, because you might have tainted information. I think that's a good. I think it's a good way to narrow your scope of breweries. Yes, actually. Yes. Uh, even though, yeah, tongue fatigue is a real thing. Oh yes. I know. There's times I've been in the third hour, <laughs> and I've had some breweries, and I'm just like, oh, buddy, no, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. By that hour, mostly everything tastes the same, to tell you the truth. <laughs> but most of them do taste the same, but sometimes, every now and then, somebody will put out something not so hot. Throw the wild card out there. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I think beer fests are a good way to narrow down breweries you like and narrow down uh, maybe within the first 10, 15 beers you can... Yeah. No, <laughs> I was going to say, three or, three or four is a little light. Yeah. I could probably handle at least right. 10 before my tongue is... Is ready to just drink anything that they're offering me. <laughs> so in that in in that vein, along with what you said, Sam, with the the mix of six, if you go to a, a brewery uh, and they have a sampler, mm, usually yeah, flights, flights as they're usually flights. called. Yes, uh, get the flight. Yeah, try them out. See what you like. See what you don't like. That way, you have four or five ounces of a beer. Either you really like it or you don't like it. If you don't like it. It's only four or five ounces of beer. Just muscle through it and you're done with it. You know, like you said, ask somebody. Right. If you're at the brewery, more than likely, you're going to be able to talk to at least a brewer or an assistant brewer. Right. <laughs> and they'll be able to tell you everything, all the ingredients that are in what you're drinking. Not only are they able to, they'll probably be happy to. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll definitely they'll, talk shop. <laughs> they, if they're willing to talk shop, then, yeah, that's yeah. the place to go. Well, yeah. I hope we've helped you out, Justin. Yeah, hopefully. I uh, hope so. I, th- I think that was helpful. It so, was helpful to me. Maybe I'm going to go out to a six-pack shop after this and buy myself a nice mix and match. I'm going to learn about some beers that I don't know about. So here, here, here is a, a, a bit of a twist on the original question, um, but I still wanted to ask it. With Justin, he obviously already understands a little bit about beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he He's in the genre of craft beer that he knows what he likes. Right. He just doesn't know the particular ingredients, et cetera, et cetera. If there is somebody out there that doesn't, like doesn't understand craft beer at all but they want to get into it what style would you guys recommend i wouldn't recommend a style i'd recommend a flight good answer yeah good answer i'd I'd say go find go to a local brewery 
go to like three local breweries over a weekend, try three different flights, and then try to start narrowing down styles from that. Yeah, it's hard to recommend a style for someone that has only drank, you know, maybe a basic ale or lager in right. their time. Even a wheat beer. I mean, there's so many more unique, distinct styles out there these days that you really just, it's, it's all about just trying it, exploring, understand how the beer is brewed, what's in it, and, and just learning that way, figuring out what you like and what you don't like. It's not about the journey, or wait. Damn it. <laughs> it is it's not absolutely a, about the yeah, journey. No, it's not about the destination. <laughs> it's about how you get there. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so why don't we end this journey uh, and get back to another journey of the Palo Santo Marron. Thank you. Marron. Palo Santo Marron, a wood-aged brown ale with 12% ABV and 50 IBUs dancing around your tongue. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I like it. I find it pretty enjoyable. I I can have more than one. <laughs> well, you would definitely have to pace yourself a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Because this, this is a heavy hitter, right. and it's still a lightweight compared to what else we got coming. Right, yeah. Uh, just for, I mean, we probably didn't throw it out there, but 12% is usually what wine yeah. <laughs> is sitting at. So, yeah. you know, 12, yep. 12 ounces of this, two of those, 24 ounces. That, that I think that's one of those big gag gift wine glasses you see yeah that the uh that the lonely cat lady gets for her birthday <laughs> she's sitting there crocheting yeah. <laughs> so i'm gonna play devil's advocate on this one a little bit okay all right and here's why i say a little bit i, I like the beer it's a good beer but when i'm drinking beers like this that are higher in abv part of an imperial series uh I don't think this is even, I don't know if the Dogfish Head has a name for their series of what well, this is, but well, this one technically is actually just uh, it's a year it's a year round release. Right? Okay, so this is a year round yeah, release. Yeah, so th- okay. this is just something they this do all the time. Okay, you can, you can go get it right now if you wanted to. Yeah, it's, oh, well, it, that's good to know. Yeah, it's not like Southern Tier with their Blackwater series. Right. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, but sometimes when I have beers like this that are higher in price, higher in ABV, higher in flavor, I think sometimes I set the expectations a little bit too high. Okay. Um, and for this one, for me, it was a it was a good beer. I like the flavor that I was getting, but I don't know. It's it, it's a little bit too boozy for me. Hmm. I feel that you know all the malt that they have in there has really uh, brought out a lot of the alcohol flavor, and I'm not getting enough of the the caramel and the vanilla mm-hmm. uh, notes that it that it claims to have on the bottle. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, it's just it's just a little boozy. That being said, I still like it. I could probably drink one of these. I don't know if I'd want a second one after this, but you know, overall, not bad. But I think my expectations, at least for this first one, were set a little bit high. So yeah. I kind of fell short, Dogfish Head. Sorry to say that, but overall, good beer. Kind of agreeing with you, Sam, but not a whole lot. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Just something I want to touch on that Sam said about not having more than one or anything with these. Mm-hmm. I think this is an excellent replacement for wine at dinner. Like if you're not a wine drinker. Then maybe just one of these, you know, at dinner would be good. And you can still drink mm-hmm. this with your pinky out. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, you can put it in a nice snifter glass, and yeah. or hell, put it in a wine glass. <laughs> yeah, put it in a wine glass. Who cares? A nice stemless wine glass. Those are very trendy. So mm. just say no. But make it a red wine glass. Don't put this in a white wine glass. What let it, hell, let it breathe a little more. What the hell's the difference? The uh, openness. Yeah, one's short and fat. One's tall and skinny. Oh, I didn't know that. White wine's <laughs> usually a flute. It's sort of like a champagne. Yeah, right. I can get that. Yeah. I, I'm not a wine guy. I'm sorry. Neither am I. I just happen to know. That's why I'm on a beer <laughs> podcast. <laughs> a 
wouldn't say white wine is normally served in a flute. Champagne is. Champagne's uh, in a flute, but there's a lot of, like, flute. That's true. I guess if you're looking for a sweeter, yeah. you know, Sam, I'm gonna white go wine that might have a little more fruit notes to it. A lot of wines you can actually get in um, the Pennsylvania <laughs> region because they're generally sweeter. Sam, I'm yeah. going to stop you right there. Uh, I don't want to get letters from our audience. Uh, they prefer the term Caucasian wine. Oh. <laughs> Please and thank you. Eurocentric wine. wine. <laughs> this tastes like wasps. <laughs> this tastes like good credit. <laughs> I don't want to laugh at that. Mm. Adam, did you really review this yet? Yeah, I said I liked it. Okay. I can say it again. No, no. I'm just I'm just trying to figure out if there's anything else to just wrap up the... Uh... No, no. Yeah, if, if you had anything more to say. No, really. okay. I, I liked it. I would drink another one. However, it would definitely take a while for me to get there. Uh, I know my limitations when it comes to alcohol. Mm-hmm. So this is something I would definitely sip through. But, duh, it's 12%. Well, Adam, I would not recommend having any more of this beer right now. Because we're going to take a quick break, and once we get back, the ABV is going up, 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 up. Well, the other reason is because the bottle's empty. Well, that's true. We don't have yeah, another one. Can't, so. Yeah, can't have another one. <laughs> <laughs> but higher ABVs to come, so stay tuned, Hop Nation. We're taking a short break, and then we'll be right back with some more Dogfish Head beer. Welcome back, everybody. We are here and ready for more beer. So Steve, Adam, and myself have sobered up nicely since segment one after right. that 12% <laughs> beer that we had. Right. And we decided to kick it up a notch for everybody. So we are moving on to something that's a little bit higher. It comes in at 18%. So this is actually higher in alcohol than most wines. Yes. <laughs> And what we are going to be drinking next, if you remember from our uh, first segment, we are drinking Big Beers by Dogfish Head. So we are going to be drinking a variation of the Worldwide Stout next. So the Worldwide Stout is, I guess by Dogfish's Head classification, is a double American Imperial Stout. That's a and mouthful. It, yeah. it is. <laughs> and it's made with lots and lots of barley, according to their website, which results in a very dark, roasty multi chocolate stout. I will say that the worldwide stout in and of itself is a cornerstone of the Dogfish Head repertoire. Yeah. It is. They originally started brewing the beer in 1999. So they've got some experience with it. it. It's been a while. But uh, this is the first year, I believe, for the Oak Age Vanilla. Yes. And I didn't even tell the audience we were drinking the Oak Age Vanilla. All I said was a variation. Uh, so you just spoiled my intro for this beer. So I don't thank think there's you. any other variations. <laughs> no, I think this is variation number one. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, as Steve alluded to, we were drinking an Oak oak-aged vanilla worldwide stout that was just released this year and i believe just a couple weeks ago so uh we are very lucky to get one here and, and to try one on the show and review it for everybody so the oak-aged vanilla uh vanilla worldwide stout is a stout that's been aged in oak and no, on sense. top of vanilla beans 
These yeah. guys are good. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Aged with aged with oak and vanilla. An oak aged vanilla worldwide stout. They got it good. Yeah, they're Don, on the ball. Don, <laughs> it, only, it only took them from ninety nine to two thousand seventeen to get that right, though. <laughs> Dogfish Head is ahead of the game. I tell you, this is the way I'm looking at it. Hmm. How long was it between the last Mad Max movie and Fury Road? True story. Fury Road was awesome. Smart. So yeah, I, I <laughs> using that logic, I'm looking forward to this beer. Yeah. yeah. All right then. I think it's going to be a good one. So, without further ado, I think we should just hop right in. All right, then. So, Adam, take a temperature. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, so the, so the beer is poured, and Adam is taking the temperature. So, we're going to see what this one comes in at. Now, I believe we're supposed to be serving this pretty close to warm temperature. This is Room com- temperature. I would assume so. Well, uh, this is coming in right around 59 degrees. So it's been a, it's a little colder than... A little bit chilled, but that's okay. We'll, let, we'll give it time throughout the segment. Right. Let it let it air out a little yeah. bit. Now, if I'm correct, <laughs> we've all had the Worldwide Stout, the original version, but yes. none of us has, yes. have tried the Oak Age Correct. Yet. This is no. the first for everybody. Okay, okay, so this is great. As a matter of fact, I've got a Worldwide Stout uh, in my beer fridge. It probably shouldn't be in the beer fridge. It probably should just be in the basement. Well, yeah. <laughs> now, this one... Hmm. From a color standpoint, appears to be about exactly the same as the Palo Santo Marron. Yeah. A little bit darker. It looks like the exact same beer to me. Yeah, a little bit darker. Head retention Uh, is pretty much the same. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I would say a little less head retention, at least with what I have here. But uh, Whatever little halo of foam that you have. Yeah, exactly. I got a halo and a little island. I didn't have have an island with the Palo Santo. (laughs) I, I think I've got a little bit of the Philippines on top. Right. Uh... I've gotten a Wahoo. <laughs> the the head is obviously since this being a stout is not going to have a bright white head. Mm-mm. It is definitely a, a tan head. Duh. Ooh. Now I can smell that vanilla. Yeah. I smell vanilla and I smell fire. <laughs> I mean booze. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't smell any fire. Smell some booze. Yeah. Smell some vanilla. Don't smell a lot of oak or any you know. No, barrel type flavors. Now, is this beer barrel aged? Do we know? It is an oak aged. It's vanilla. oak aged, but it is, <laughs> was it aged in oak barrels or was it just aged with oak chips and vanilla beans? That I have no idea. My assumption with Dogfish Head is that they would use oak barrels. That yeah. kind of seems like their MO. Right. Being that they have the two giant 10,000 gallon. <laughs> right, they, you know, Palo Santo Woods. I'm pretty sure they can afford a couple oak barrels. Right, yeah. for this, they can they can go to Wiggle Whiskey and pick up a couple. They'll be okay. <laughs> for the sake of me wanting to drink this as soon as possible, let's just assume they're oak barrels. Right, <laughs> okay. Let's let's drink it. I'm going in. Mm. Oh, holy shit. Hmm. Oh boy. Well, I think Steve is having himself a moment. <laughs> <laughs> now this this is truly something special. This blows that last beer out of the water. And that's okay. That was a good beer. But this... That last beer can suck my dick. This, gentlemen, <laughs> is, is truly something that you can tell has a lot of, a lot of effort, a lot of, a lot of dedication, a lot of that craft put into it. I mean, this wasn't something that they just, uh, you know, pulled off the line. This no. has been... Well, maybe this, they, is, maybe this wasn't whip up on a whim. Mm-mm. You don't know that because maybe they did pull the Worldwide Stout off the line. And then pour out all the bottles into a, an oak barrel. So it could have come off the line. Could have. This could have. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not speculating. Yeah, I, don't know. I, don't, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit how it came to be. I love it now. So <laughs> yes. pretty much what I'm hearing is you don't care what we talk about in the next segment. You're just going to enjoy this beer. I 
it's a problem because I'm supposed to present the next segment. Oh. <laughs> Here's what I like about this beer. I mean, it has all the great characteristics of a stout. It's a little chocolatey. It's very malty. Mm-hmm. But at 18%, it's 6% stronger than the last beer. And I could actually taste more booze in the last beer than I can in this one. Agreed. This yeah, is a dangerous agreed. beer. Yeah. The last one was dominated by booze. Now, it's still there. But, like, the Palo Santo kind of gave me that little Ajita fire in my chest. This one is more of a booze compliment. This is, this mm-hmm. is, this is a, I got a little hotness on my tongue. And this is good. I got that vanilla. I got that hotness. Mmm. I just need some more of this in my tums. I need all of this. Do we need to, like, step away for a couple of minutes here? Dude? I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> I was going to say, I think you might need a towel, too. Yeah. Just me and the audience. Come on in and enjoy. Mm. All right. And any listeners that we did have, we no longer have. But you know what, guys? At least we have this beer. That's true. We could lose all our listeners right now, but if we still have this beer and there's still some left in that bottle, I'm going to be a happy camper. Yeah. Now, afterwards, when I realize that nobody listens to our show anymore, then I'll be a little pissed. But Well, you can't be that pissed because you, you do know that you still have a whole other bottle to yourself as well. True. Very so you true. can't be that mad. Yeah. I didn't know I did. Yeah, if, as long as you pay me. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> this is amazing, though. Yeah, this is fantastic. I love, I love the worldwide stout, but this changes the profile so much, and it is just, it's desserty. Mm-hmm. It's it's very desserty. I'm not saying it's gonna, it blows like the Southern Tier dessert beers out of the water. It does it's not. Just, it's just so much better and different than them. It's different. I don't know if I'd say it blows them out of the water. I mean, no. what, that, those beers are pretty damn good. They're pretty damn good, and they're brewed to be dessert beers. True. You know, this is brewed for because. <laughs> I, I really have an appreciation for beers that are brewed with vanilla beans or, like, brewed on vanilla beans. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you do it right, you can get such a better flavor than just using, like, a vanilla extract. Oh, or, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. something like that. You just, I mean, but you probably have to let it sit there and ferment for a long time on yeah, those beans you gotta let it sit for a while and well vanilla beans is an expensive ass ingredient that yeah, that's so. true they are <laughs> yes it is that's why the worldwide stout oak age vanilla version is only available in 12 ounce bottles you know whereas you know the regular worldwide stout you can find on tap some places i like how the worldwide stout is now the regular yeah it's, Sorry, just, it's the regular now. It's the regular version. <laughs> it's it's the oh never mind. Yeah, well, it's not the no never mind. It's still compared really, to this. Uh, it's still a really great beer. But so here's the thing with me. Yeah, I like the beer. Yeah, what's your consternation? I don't know that I love it. Okay, whatever. Don't love it. I'll take your bottle home too. No, you won't. I already paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I I like it, but I'm not falling in love with it like you guys are. Okay. I, I, what don't you like about what, it, just what, out of curiosity? Yeah, why aren't you in love? Well, I guess, to me, if with this beer, I was expecting something. And maybe it was simply I had my expectations too high going in. Okay. It's good, but I'm I'm not seeing, the, seeing it pull ahead of the pack in terms of similar styles. Okay. In, in terms like of... Like what? What are you comparing it to right now? Well, it... Like Steve had mentioned earlier, the the Blackwater series from from Southern Tier, uh-huh. uh, the one, and I don't know if this one's a Blackwater or not, uh, but the one that comes to mind is is the uh, uh, the Creme Brulee by Southern Tier. Okay. If I had a choice between the Creme Brulee and this, it would be a tough decision. Uh, this one is not a hands down winner to me. Okay, I I understand what you're saying. 
I would counter what you're saying with you have to remember that this is a 18% beer. I completely understand so, that. For them to be able to achieve what they have. That without- is a very good point. <laughs> that is a very good point with as as big of a beer it is. And maybe that's something that that came into my expectations coming in here. Yeah. It it didn't necessarily match my expectations and that's on me. But I, I guess I was just looking for something more, and maybe I just had my expectations too high, and that's not a knock on the beer or dogfish head themselves. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned in the last segment, I had my expectations for all of these beers set pretty high. The last one fell short, but this one... This one this, nailed it. This yeah. one nailed it right right up front, right on the palate, on the way back. Fair. Every, it, it nailed it from every angle that you could nail it from. Fair enough. Um, I'm super happy with it myself. I can't wait to have my other bottle for my birthday. That's what I'm going to save it. <laughs> oh, that's a good time. To are, you, are you aging it in the basement? Probably, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yep. You got to. Gonna put it Make in sure it's in the proper temperature, though, because otherwise yeah. it'll ruin it. Yeah, my basement's cold as shit. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, let's continue to sip on this because I'm going to take very small sips so I can really <laughs> yeah. savor the flavor of this. All right. Well, while we sip on this, uh, we're talking about big beers this week. And really, yeah, <laughs> just, so beers. just so happens we're talking about big beers. We're talking about beers that are above 10%. And I think maybe just a little bit of history, a little bit of neat factoids and such. I like factoids. About, uh, you know, how big beer has evolved. Lay it on me. Up until a certain amount of time, we weren't really producing anything that was that big. Now, when in you the say world. that big, what do you consider not big? I consider 10%. Ten percent is my limit. That's where I'm going to set us. That's your line. Yeah, ten percent is the line. If you get something above ten percent, you had a big beer. <laughs> I can dig it. In general, things weren't being produced that big. You know, there's only a few styles that are commonly that big, and you're talking about barley wines. Anything with the word imperial in it. <laughs> so an imperial IPA, imperial stout, imperial porter. Imperial the town right next to you. <laughs> They're big. They're big. Well, there was a big goings-on at the Circle K. <laughs> Always something going down at the Circle K. Uh, anything that's barrel-aged, anything that is a Belgian strong, anything uh, Scotch ales and wee heavies will get up in there. And uh, there's even a counterpoint to a barley wine that's called a wheat wine. I've never actually heard of a wheat wine before. Not a common style. I've had but, an oat wine. Yeah. But it, Claw makes one called the Obel. Ah, yes. Mm, yes. Yeah, the wheat, wheat wine would be along the lines of a oat, an oat wine or a barley wine. But yeah, those styles are usually the ones you'll find above 10%. It was originally the Trappist monks that kind of started setting the bar for what was classified as big, little, and small. Okay. In a way. Uh, we all know that there's the double and the triple. And now you got the quads. And the quads. I'll, I'll get into that in a second. Okay. Uh, that's, uh. A, that's actually not part of... <laughs> Quads are not actually a part of the original Trappist brewing style. Oh, they did, people were just making shit up? That's just a kind of made-up thing nowadays. Ah. Uh, but originally, it was just kind of... they Trappist monks classified their ales with X, double X, or triple X on the barrel. Okay. And that would designate the size of the malt profile that they used. Hmm. So an X was the base recipe, a double X is right. the double because they doubled the malt. And then in 1930s, that's when they first introduced the triple X. So I'm going to steer away from beer for just a second. 
And get to porn. You heard Triple X and immediately your mind just uh, took a detour. No, I was actually going with Moonshine. Oh. Okay. You know how Moonshine has the single X, the double X, the triple X? Right. Is there a, a similar system? Yeah. Do you know why, what the designation for each of those was? Distillation. You ruined it. Why did I ruin it? I answered your question. <laughs> you totally ruined it's it. It's not a ruining when you ask a question. <laughs> That's an interesting point, though, because if you were ever, if you can think back, and you guys or the audience as well, for somebody that's watched cartoons in the late 80s, early 90s, mm-hmm. remember, like, I feel like I remember this with, like, a mouse, but I can't remember his name. He'd be sitting under a tree, he'd be passed out drunk, and there'd be an b- empty bottle of something next to him, but it would have the three X's on it. For some reason, I remember it as crows, and it could have been both, but I, it, it's a common trope it's that... Um, you like know, an old Tex Avery cartoon? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it's just a common trope that they would carry around a jug with a triple X on it, triple distilled moonshine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, for beer, it, it simply refers to the uh, size of the malt profile in it. Very cool. That I did not know. Yeah. Uh, in general, it was broken down. A single X was 3%, a double X was 6%, and a triple X was 9%. Okay. And that's why when we get into quads, they're usually all above 9%. Okay. But that's more of a made-up marketing gimmick yeah. than it is uh, an actual Trappist brewing style, although it has been adapted as such hmm. for, some, for some of the breweries. Getting farther into modern uh, brewing mm-hmm. and what constitutes a big beer in modern brewing times, we're going all the way to the year 1999. <laughs> Huh, I, I can't imagine where we're going with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is when the worldwide style was introduced, as Sam had said at the beginning of the segment. <laughs> Everybody's ruining everything. And at this, well, he's not ruining Dogfish Head was partying like it was 1999. Yeah. I bet uh, they were big Prince fans. He, he's, he's setting the stage. Is what I like Sam that. Did. I like Sam that. set the stage because the worldwide style set the stage in a way, too. Mm-hmm. It was the biggest beer at the time it was introduced. So when it was introduced in 1999, was it also a 17% beer? Yes. Awesome. Yes. It, uh, I mean, 18%, isn't it? it? it well, it varies between 15 and 20. Oh, depending, so depending on, on the year. De- kind of depending on the year and depending on how, like, whether or not you cellar conditioned it. Oh. It, it will gain a little more uh, alcohol to it if you leave it be. But, uh, yes, so it was in 1999 that this was the biggest beer ever. Okay. And then shortly after, next year, <laughs> Sam Adams topped them with what was a precursor to their Utopias series. All right. Uh, but in the year 2000, they introduced the Millennium, and that was bigger. Okay, that, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, but then you had the Utopias come out, and that was 2002. Mm-hmm. And that one was 27%. Oh, jeez. Right. <laughs> have either of you guys ever had any of those Utopia beers? I have not. No, I've it, had the opportunity and I passed it up. It was it was at one of the bars during Pittsburgh Craft Beer Fest. Yeah, Fest, they're right? all. I think um, Caliente has them. Yes. I think they were up north this year at the Hampton Caliente, I believe. They were doing a Utopia. It was it was event. a northern yeah right. Yeah, it was a northern locale that I didn't get out to. I'm sure that would have been about twenty five dollars for a one ounce pour. Uh, knowing Caliente, <laughs> I bet so. <laughs> Even at 27%, that's not where beer stopped. In 2010, the Brewdog Brewery out of Scotland introduced the end of history. I know that. <laughs> I, I know that beer. Uh, I think a lot of the deeper craft beer fans will know what this is. It's pretty infamous. Yes. It is a 55% <laughs> ABV, and it was served within, well, presented 
That's and, a better way of putting yeah, it. Presented inside of a taxidermied squirrel. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now that's awesome, and I've heard of that. Yeah. Certainly never had it. No, I haven't had it either. But I think the question on everybody's mind right now would be, how in the hell is that still considered beer? It's still considered beer, and this is where we get into a point where you actually have to change your brewing style a little bit. Uh, when we're talking about the worldwide stout, it's just a big barley, mm-hmm. you know, beer. And that they can take the OG, the original gravity of the beer, and reduce it down and get all that alcohol out, you know, with the yeast introductions. Right. When we get into these super beers <laughs> that are 30% and above, <laughs> you are talking about a, a, a process that's used for icebox. It, it started with icebox. So what an ice block is, it's you take a doppelbock mm-hmm. and you freeze it, and then you remove all the ice from the ice block. Oh, jeez. So, okay. so, so you're, you're looking at a lot of temperature control and getting it to a point to where the water freezes, but not the alcohol. That's a lot of effort. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's why these beers are not very produ- produced a lot, and that's right. why they're expensive as hell. Um, but the, this ice block process was applied to... A lot of the other beers I'll tell you about in a second. Sure. But the back to the end of history, it was called such because the BrewDog Brewery considered it to be the end of beer history. Nobody could push it further. <laughs> they got 55% out of a beer, and they put it in a squirrel <laughs> and said, this is it. Nobody can do better. And then they sold bottles for around $765. Jeez. Huh. Yeah. Uh, there's actually, most recently... In 2016, Ohio lifted its ban on beers above 12%. I didn't even know they had a ban. They yeah, did. You think Ohio, of all places, wouldn't really give yeah. a shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a weird thing on the books. Huh. Probably something old that didn't, you know, people never, never even thought beers would get that big. So. Right. Uh, I wonder, but, what is it in PA, or do we not have a ban? We might not have one. Hmm. But, uh, they, well, I can tell you it's at least... 18? Now, is that they can't serve you a beer that's over 12%, they or just they can't sell yeah, a they beer? Just they just couldn't sell a beer. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, after they lifted the ban, BrewDog came to Ohio, and using one of the uh, nearby Columbus breweries, they brewed up 10 more bottles. They brewed up 10 more bottles of End of History, and they asked investors, because this was for, also for charity, okay. as the All ban right. was being lifted, uh, they... As for a twenty thousand dollar donation. Woo-wee. Yeah. What the hell? Now yeah. granted, it's for charity. So right. yeah, I get right. that. Like twenty grand for a beer. Right. Seems, for a beer. Seems excessive. For, well, yeah, but I mean it's a beer served in a squirrel, so right. For charity. <laughs> for charity. Which is a sentence I never thought I'd hear. Yeah. And there were there was only ten of them. But that actually wasn't the end of beer history. Because they thought fifty five was the limit. And it wasn't. But wait, there's oh, more. more. Oh my god, there were. Now, we're like approaching moonshine territory. Down. I know. <laughs> we're up over fifty-five percent. You don't even see. You know, you go to most, the liquor store. You most don't vodka. See, yeah. yeah, vodkas, most bourbons, vodka there. scotches. They're not up in. The, they're not up over fifty-five percent. Yeah. Maybe absinthe now. That's where we're in absinthe range. Yeah, we're absinthe range <laughs> at this point. But uh, so that was 2010. Uh, shortly after, though, two two more breweries kind of got into a competition with each other oh. to see how big they could go. And this was the Brewmeister out of Scotland and the Coalship out of the Netherlands. The Netherlands? The Netherlands! That came out of nowhere. Right. They wanted to be on top. 
and they can't win in the Olympics, so <laughs> maybe not. they can win in the beer Olympics. Yes, and it all culminated. There, there, there were a couple beers that they went back and forth with, but it all culminated with the brewmeister out of Scotland producing the beer Snake Venom. All right, and it was a barley wine clocking in at 67.5% alcohol. <laughs> How is that even enjoyable anymore? They claim it still was. They claimed it still has a hoppy profile. I've read some reviews on it that it said it still tasted like beer. Wow. So. Now imagine if you drank a bottle of that. Right. You You're would done. be so drunk by the end of that bottle. Well, you wouldn't be able to imagine it. You just have to have tell have people tell you about it afterwards because you would be blackout drunk. Yes. Yeah, what is that? That's that's like doing 12 shots. Right. Pretty much. Because right? it was 67% alcohol? Right. So you're looking at 134 proof. Yes. That's bananas. That's bananas, but that's not the end. Not 99 bananas. Right. That That's not the end. Uh, coal Ship answered. Oh. <laughs> no, they answered the call. They wanted to go bigger. They answered, and, and this is the end, uh, but they produced the mystery of beer. And this goes back to the original lager icebox formula. All right. And it is a 70% alcohol beer. Reading reading about it, they said they could go 80, (laughs) but they think at that point it becomes undrinkable. I mean, at that point, we're talking, what, grain alcohol? (laughs) We're past absinthe now. (laughs) You're approaching uh, 151 at that point, because 151 would be 75. Uh, yeah, I guess yeah. that's true. Yeah, so you're you're really damn close to that. Uh, unfortunately, coal ship they are yeah the coal ship they they no longer produce beer. They're just more of a whiskey distillery. <laughs> well, they were yeah <laughs> already kind of making whiskey. But they're making beer stronger than their whiskey. Yeah, right. <laughs> what do you expect? And uh, the the end of history is also a bit pricey and out of range. But the Brewmeister Snake Venom can be found on the Amazon UK site. For around $80. That's a it. bottle. That's it? That's it. That actually doesn't seem that bad, given that that last one you mentioned. The, the 765 Yeah, the Turbo yeah. Dog. No, the Turbo Dog was twenty grand. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it was. Also, it's part of the taxidermy that that's you're paying for. So you, you're talking $700. I mean, so what would you guys rather have? I'm just going to I'm gonna take this for a little detour. Yeah. Because that's generally what Pappy Van Winkle costs. Yeah, Pappy Van Winkle gets in if there. If you're familiar with that. Um, but that, that usually goes for about 700 bucks a bottle. So would you rather have a bottle of Pappy or this, uh, Turbo Dog beer out of a squirrel? What was it called? End of History. The End of History from Brew Dog. From Brew Dog, not Turbo Dog. Turbo Dog is that's not a, a That's beer. an Abita beer. Whoops. <laughs> from Brew Dog. So would you rather have Pappy or would you rather have the beer from the squirrel? I'd rather just drink this and then make a Corvette payment. No, 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 no. You can't do that. You no, have to be one or the either other. Or, either or. You can't keep the money and repurpose it for other things. It's my money. I can do anything I want, please. <laughs> Stop I'm trying to buck the system. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you $800 right now. But I the ter- the terms are that you either have to buy the squirrel beer or you can have a bottle of Pappy. Which one would you pick? I have no idea because I haven't had either one. Oh my god, he's terrible at this game. All right, no, just I'm, taking, I'm taking the squirrel. You're taking, taking it taking, is in a, in a taxidermy squirrel because you get to keep the squirrel. Right. Yeah, I gotta give the edge to the squirrel. Yeah. You can refill it and dump whatever the hell out you want. <laughs> you can drink it, refill it, take it to a party. I mean, we all have bottle cappers yep. for home brewing, so True. we can recap that thing and serve whatever the hell we want out. You of could it. put some swill in there, like the 120 minute IPA. 
Yeah, that Ooh. would be slow. Comparatively? <laughs> I don't know. It's only, what, 14 15% versus this 55 There's a good chance it tastes a whole hell of a oh, lot better, Oh, it though. definitely does. So then you don't call it swill if it tastes better. <laughs> I like my hot takes. <laughs> See, I think I would take the bottle of Pappy. Then I would just go to a taxidermist, and I would <laughs> just have them make me a squirrel koozie. <laughs> so what, and I'll put another beer in it. What, yeah. what, what was the ABV on the Pappy? No, Pappy's just whiskey. It's not. It's not a beer. Oh well, okay. That's apples yeah. and oranges. Yeah, it's just it's just very rare whiskey, and that it's also been stolen a number of times. So, is it served in a squirrel? No. Then no. I know which way I'm going. All right, then you're that's, going squirrel. That's fair. Yeah. That that was just a it was just a question. I mean, yeah, just Pappy, a question. Pappy's one of those things you got to go in on. You got to go in on a lottery for it. You can't yeah. just say, "Hey, I want to spend seven hundred dollars and get a bottle." You got you have to be chosen. Right. Then you have to give your seven hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I feel my chances are are better of being chosen uh, for a squirrel beer versus a Pappy. What was it? A whiskey? A bourbon? A, what was it? It is whiskey. A whiskey. We'll say it's a whiskey. So, needless to say. I don't know if we're ever going to get to the point where we're trying a beer on this show that's 70% ABV. Episode 100. I was going to say, (laughs) everybody starts saving their money now. That gives us over a year to find something. Right. (laughs) So we can give it a, we'll give it our best shot, Hop Nation. We we truly will. But in the meantime, why don't we start slumming in with this one? Yeah, let's let's slum it with... uh, the Dogfish Head Oak-Aged Vanilla Worldwide Stout. Which, according to my thermometer, is now sitting at a tidy 64.2 degrees Fahrenheit. 64. Mm. So, Adam, why don't you start us off? You were a little hesitant, weren't 100% sure if you loved this beer when we first started. I, what do you think now? I, I appreciate the, the uh, differential that you were given there. Uh, I like the beer. Let's, let's make no bones about it. This is a good beer. Right. I like the beer. Is this the best beer I've ever had? I don't think so. Oh. Uh, okay. I, I, I don't think it is, um, but I really like this beer. It has warmed up, and I have warmed up to it a little bit. I I can't say enough good things about this beer. <laughs> now, I'm not going to go out on that far of a limb and say this is the best beer I've ever had, but I will say with 100% confidence that I like this version of the Worldwide Stout better than the original version. It's great. It's malty. It's rich. I'm getting a little chocolate. There's a lot of vanilla coming in, uh, a lot of notes, and this 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 just engulfs your tongue when you take every sip mm-hmm. of this beer. It, it lingers on all of your taste buds, and it leaves such a clean, desirable aftertaste that, you know, when my last two sips are gone, I'm I'm gonna be a little sad. <laughs> well, until you crack. The next bottle that you have. Yeah, but here's my problem. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that bottle home, and as great as it is, it is going to sit in my basement for God knows how long because I have this mentality that I need to drink these really good beers on a really good occasion, and then that really good occasion comes and I forget about the beer. <laughs> so I have to wait for the next one. Then the next one comes and the same damn thing happens. That's and why so I, I never drink them. That's why I always just set three three dates up for that kind of stuff. My birthday, Christmas, and New Year's. I'm gonna have to start doing that. I'm gonna take all my good beers that I have in my basement. I'm gonna line them up and I'm gonna put I'm gonna put events to each one. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. That's a good idea. It, it actually is. Not not just events to each one, but put it on your phone right. to remind oh, you. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Well, shit. I'm, no, I'm gonna create a calendar and put it on the fridge. I look at that every day. <laughs> Screw the pirate schedule that up that is up there right now. I'm putting my beer schedule up there. I gotta get my drinking schedule on. Uh, so Steve, I know I don't need to ask this question. Yeah, but I'm gonna ask this question. Yeah. Do you like this beer? Ooh. Mm. 
Is there a ghost here or something? I, I thought he turned into a Braves do, fan. Do we have a fourth host here that's a ghost? Sid F and Bream. Mm, I love this beer. Everything Sam said, it is so rich with all the flavors. And like he said, the way it coats your tongue, it, it reminds me to the time, uh, Sam, you and I, we tried that Sazerac six-year. Mm, and the way yep. it just velvetly hugs your tongue. Yep, this, I remember this, that. This stout, this worldwide stout, is a tongue hug. It's wow. a tongue hug, and I love it. Praise from Caesar. It is. So the one thing I will say, as it warms up, it does get better. Yeah, it does get better. It definitely does. It, does. it, it does gets get better the warmer yeah. it is. Those flavors really mm-hmm. come out. Yep, they do. Yep, 100%. Yeah, I would say try not to serve it anything colder than 60 degrees. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. Well, guys, I think that about does it for segment two. But I'm still excited because we have one more segment and we may have the rarest beer of all. So we're going we're gonna to take it down a little bit in terms of AVB, but not much. We're going to keep it big. We're going to keep it exciting. And you're going to have to stay tuned, Top Nation, to find out what the hell it is we're going to be drinking next. Alright, Dogfish Head and Hop Nation, we're back. And we're a little late on this, but we are all here to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Dogfish Head. Which, I hear, they brewed a very special beer for back in 2015. So, without further ado, Steve, why don't you introduce our last Dogfish Head big beer for us. Our last beer from Dogfish Head is called The Higher Math. And it is a Golden Ale Strong style Belgian. Nice. Yes. And it's coming in at 17% alcohol. Ooh. That's weak sauce compared to what we just did with the Worldwide Style. We were at 18%. (laughs) Now we're taking a step back. We're taking a step back, but... I don't even know if I'm going to drink this one. (laughs) That's fine. I'll probably keep it then. (laughs) Uh, Yes, we're taking one ABV down. Although, if you think about it, this was brewed in 2015, so it might actually be bigger. Ooh. That is true. I mean, we may never know for sure, but let's assume for you know the sake of this podcast, at least for my sanity, that it's 19. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I make no claims to that, but yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Whatever. Uh, but like I said, it's a golden ale, and it is brewed with uh, chocolate, and it is soured with cherry juice. Okay. And I read a little bit more into the history of it, and this is actually a way of celebrating... Uh, the founder of Dogfish Head, Sam Callione, his first home, one of his first home brews, he brewed with a bag of cherries that he found. That he found? Well, at a bodega, he found it. Uh, all right. You don't necessarily go to bodegas for food. You just kind of find things. Like, oh, there. I should grab some of those. Yeah. And then, yeah. But he, he threw cherries into one of his first home brews, and this is a way of celebrating that. Very wow. cool. With Very That's great. Yeah, with the 20th anniversary higher math. And, uh... I don't think I said it already, but it's it, 35 IBUs. Okay. Yeah. Nice and low, the way God intended. Yes. I don't think I've tasted a hop in any of these beers tonight. No. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just looking at this higher math being poured out. Wow. It's red. It's red. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's a tart cherry beer, not a, not a dark stout like we've been drinking on the show. Like it. it was aged with uh, cocoa nibs. Very cool. So you should maybe get a little bit of chocolate in there. 
So needless to say, even after my exclamation, this is much lighter than the other two beers. This looks like a pomegranate color to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, I don't know which one of you said it earlier, but for one of the beers to drink that instead of wine, I think, <laughs> I, I think this is the one you should be drinking instead simply because it'll blend in with everybody else. Right. This is the one that you could trick other people is wine. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you really could. Why is your wine all foamy? Oh, now on the nose, I am getting, no question, Cherry Tootsie Pop. Cherry Tootsie Pop. <laughs> Holy shit, yeah. <laughs> that is all I'm smelling when I stick my schnoz into this beer, is a, a Cherry Tootsie Pop, and I'm picturing that owl chugging this beer like he, what is he, have like three bites and the Tootsie Pop is gone, he bites into it, and now two, he's going to chug this beer. A three. A three. That's how he would drink this beer. One sip, two sip, and just chug the rest. You'd see him pull a bong out of his back pocket and just bong the, ch- the cherry stout or the tart cherry ale. So yeah. I, I do have a problem with with this beer right off the head. How's that? Well, Already? I do. I do. Uh, they claim that it's a gold nail. This isn't golden at all. Well, it starts it, as a gold nail, red. then you put cherry juice in it, <laughs> yeah. and it turns red. <laughs> doesn't matter what beer you're drinking, it's going to be this color after cherry juice. Yeah. <laughs> so just like the other two, the head retention is very minimal. I can't even say head retention, there just wasn't head to begin yeah, with. Yeah, no. There's no head on this. Um, there's hardly any carbonation at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm alright. Well, there's some carbonation. I see, I see a little bit, but... Very little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing to write home about. On the nose, like Sam said, it is that cherry Tootsie Pop. And what's nice is you can smell the chocolate and right, the cherries yeah. in yeah. one sniff. Mm-hmm. Cherries up one nostril, chocolate up the other. It smells fantastic. Wow, I'm just my, mixing. My, my nose is not that finely tuned. They both flavors go up both nostrils. Okay. Well, <laughs> I would. Uh, I would tell you what happens with me. <laughs> I would say the booziness is a little less than the last two we've had. Correct. I yeah. agree with that. Surprisingly, that Palo Santo has been the booziest one, and it was only twelve percent. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All show and no go. We'll see what this. A measly twelve percent. We'll see. We'll see what the. Uh, flavor is though mm-hmm. let's let's try this i'm excited now that's really interesting i have to drink more hmm. what the hell does this mm-hmm. taste like <laughs> this is so up front there's a lot of tart cherry flavor it, it it's tart but it doesn't even begin to get into any sort of sour exactly so it's it's not a sour beer whatsoever no 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 it's tart you can taste a lot of the cherry flavor but right it's funky it has it has like a fade into, like, a chocolate Belgian, which is really weird because, I mean, usually you don't put chocolate into, like, Belgian-style ales. Mm-hmm. I don't know, guys. I, I I am getting a very distinct flavor out of this beer, and I cannot put my finger on it. I, I don't know what it is, so I'm going to have to continue to think about it. Like, I can taste the cherry all over the place. Right. It's very good. It's tart, but it's not sour, like you said. But there's something else there, and it's it's not chocolate, it's not it's not malt. I just I, I can't I can't pinpoint it yet, so I'm gonna continue to think about it. Maybe by the end of the segment, I'll have it figured out. A <laughs> little bit of thinking, a little bit of drinking. <laughs> yeah. You know what I like to do sometimes when I'm drinking? Hmm. I like to eat. Oh, okay, that's good. Eating is fun. For eating me. is fun. <laughs> eating is fun. <laughs> I think I need to do a little bit of eating after this. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was gonna say I haven't had dinner yet. But that's okay. I'm going to power through. So it sounds and, to me like talk we, about food. we are having yeah. our good friends from Uber pick us up, and we're going to a hoagie shop. <laughs> or a Mad Max. Ooh. Wait a yeah. minute. Hold on. Get get with 2017, Adam. Oh, are you going Lyft? 
Oh, hell no. Uber Eats. You have Uber just bring the food to you. They don't need to pick you up and take you to a restaurant. That's true. That that is true. true. There's yeah. a lot of places. You can get Permani Brothers on Uber Eats now. Son of a bitch. You yep. can literally go on to Uber Eats, say, hey, I want this Permani sandwich. They'll go get it and bring it to you. It's awesome. Holy shit. True story. No need to even leave the house. So, I like to drink, and one of the things that I enjoy doing while I'm drinking and eating is I, I like to cook. And I like to try to pair food uh, that goes well with the beer that I'm usually consuming. Mm-hmm. So, I'm thinking about it, and you know, these beers on this show have been so good so far. Even even the worst of the bunch has been fantastic. Yeah. So, Worst is a bad word. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. That's, that's not a good way to put it. But my least favorite of the bunch has been fantastic. Let's, let's rephrase it that way. And so I was thinking about, all right, if I were to pair a whole meal with these beers, what would it be? So here's what I'm thinking. So what would it be? Here, here's, here's what I'm thinking. First off, and I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to pull an audible. Because originally, before I had this higher math beer, I thought, for sure, a tart cherry beer, I'm going to pair this with dessert. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'm going to switch it around. Okay. okay. And I'm going to pair it with my appetizer. Okay. Oh, okay. Because what I'm going to make for an appetizer is a very nice she-crab soup. Okay. Wow. She-crab soup paired with this tart cherry higher math. Hmm. And to me, I think the flavors would actually complement each other are very nice because you have the tartiness, you have that flavor, but when you're, you're making a she-crab soup, usually, at least the way I'm going to make it, is I'm going to put it in a nice tomato bisque, and I feel like this tart cherry would go very, very nicely with that, because tomatoes and cherries are kind of close to the same family, but they're both red fruits, right? If you, yeah. consider, if you consider a tomato a fruit, <laughs> tomato which I do. <laughs> so I think with a nice tomato bisque and some crab flavor, it would go perfect with this tart cherry beer. So moving on to the main course, I'm going to take the worldwide stout with me because this oak-aged vanilla is going to pair very nicely with what what I'm going to do for my main course. And with that, I'm going to prepare a very nice steak. And I'm I'm going to take a tenderloin, and here's how I'm going to do it. I am going to actually not grill it, and I'm going to pan sear it. Mm. on both sides and then I'm gonna put it in the oven and I'm gonna cook it on a very very low temperature so it gets very moist it retains all the juices and it still stays pretty rare but at the end of the day when you cut it down oh it's gonna just really melt in your mouth you take a nice steak like that a perfect dark stout you know that's 18% and pair that together it's gonna be great and if I'm feeling really adventurous I'm before I take the steak out of the oven I'm gonna sprinkle some blue cheese crumbles right on top yeah. and just melt them very slowly over the top of that steak and I think it's going to be delightful. Now, I'm going to cook it rare to medium rare or rare plus as some like to call uh, it. Now, now can I maybe throw a suggestion in there for mm-hmm. this? What if uh, for the rub you use the coffee rub? Hmm. Because then you're getting a coffee hmm. rub steak with a vanilla flavored beer. Now that's actually not a half bad idea. Normally when I cook a steak like that, if I'm doing a really nice cut of meat, I'm not going to put any type of rubs on it. I'm right. going to put some salt and pepper, uh, maybe some Montreal steak, but that's about it. Yeah. I want to keep it you know, very plain. I want to really preserve the integrity of the juices that are inside right, that cut, right. and I really just want to enjoy it for what it is. But you know, a coffee rub would pair very nicely with this beer. Yeah, it would yeah. if you're going to put that on a steak. So I'm thinking do a steak, and I'm going to get a nice... Uh, 
some nice big asparagus. I'm going to put those on the side and I'm going to take some of the leftover crab that I have from making the she crab soup and I'm going to put a nice big handful of jumbo lump crab meat right on top of the asparagus and eat those like that. So that's going to be my main course. Sounds now, good. Let's, give, let's move on to dessert, which I'm actually going to take that Palo Santo Marron and, and I'm going to pair that with my dessert, which is going to be an apple cobbler. Mm. And, you know, I feel... Originally, I was thinking, hey, the cherries and the apples might go good together, but I think at the end of the day, that might be just too much fruit, too much sweetness. So let's put the cherry, the higher math, the cherry or, uh, cherry gold nail up front, and let's bring that uh, that uh, chocolatey, multi wood-aged <laughs> maron <laughs> yeah. uh, to, to the table for the, for the uh, apple cobbler. So I think that's what I'm going to do because I'm picturing having a nice darker stout with that and the sweetness of the apples and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have it with that beer when it's right out of the oven, just warm and gooey and delicious. And I think that would be a really nice pairing. So I don't know. Hopefully, uh, hopefully everybody's palates are uh, watering right now. That's my, I know mine is. I know mine is as well. <laughs> especially not having dinner, but sounds great. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I would do. So, what about you guys? You you have any good pairings for any of these beers? Well, for me, it, it, I do, and unfortunately, you and I are kind of in the same mindset, uh, only slightly different. For me, uh, what I would use uh, for the appetizer, the the uh, the first beer that I would use, the Palo Palo Santo Maron, the Palo Santo Maron, uh, that would be the first beer that I would use. Okay. And what I would use with that, uh, instead of going the bisque route that Sam did, I would actually go with a lobster mac and cheese. Mm. Mm. Can't go wrong with lobster I, mac I, and cheese. I feel that those two would pair well. The the booziness of of that beer with the smoothness of the macaroni and cheese plus obviously hey if i'm gonna eat good i'm gonna eat good so it's gonna be a lobster mac and cheese yeah, yeah. to me i feel those two would work rather well together now on to the main course uh you kind of stole my thunder here sam <laughs> Well, I had, a, because, I had a feeling we would all be eating red meat <laughs> right. when we were talking about right. what we wanted to pair with right. for this segment. Right. This Oak Age Vanilla Worldwide Stout is a meat beer. This is going to be absolutely perfect with a nice rare to medium rare steak. Now, you went a little bit different. I'm going I'm going hot fire. I'm going to sear that bitch. Two minutes each side. Boom. Done. What I'm going to add, instead of going with the blue cheese, I'm going melted butter on top. Mm. I feel that that is the way to go. Uh, instead of the asparagus that you win, mashed potatoes. Red skin mashed potatoes with oodles of butter, a little bit of sour cream on top. Classic. I'm going to love myself. I'm going to hate myself the, the next day, yeah. but at that time, I'm absolutely going to love myself. And I, and I feel that the red meat and that worldwide stout are going to absolutely pair perfectly. You're not gonna hate yourself the next day. That sounds like a fantastic meal. It's, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, it's not the most health conscious thing you could eat. But Correct. it's also not the worst. <laughs> that sounds like a really good Friday or Saturday meal because you don't want to go into work the next morning with all that in your belly. No, very, you do very not. true. No, you do not. So at the end of the day, it's not a deep fried hamburger. <laughs> also, there's a good chance you might be hungover. So. Right. Right. So true. for dessert. Uh, I am going in a different direction, and I, I am kind of using this higher math uh, as a, a very close complement to my dessert, which is a very simple uh, cherry New York-style cheesecake. You That's know, a classic. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds like a really good pairing with that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you so, got that cherry flavors already, yeah. Yeah, and plus at 17% alcohol, 
You can eat two or three slices of cheesecake. You ain't gonna give a shit. Yeah, cheesecake will actually kind of probably reduce the the, the boozy burn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I feel that, that it will. But if you eat three pieces of cheesecake, <laughs> you're gonna be feeling like you're the next morning. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be me after three pieces of cheesecake. That's just diabetes. <laughs> that sounds terrible, so, but delicious at the same time. So this bottom line here, what I'm hearing is this worldwide stout. Uh, honestly, regular or uh, oak barrel vanilla, that's a red meat beer. 100%, that's a red at meat beer. At least for you and I. We, have, yeah. we haven't heard what Steve wants to do yet. I've met him. <laughs> I've seen him eat red meat. I know which direction he's going. <laughs> well, this is the first oh, time I'm you? meeting him here on the 25th episode. So. Oh, do you? Well, apparently I don't, the way you're reacting. Oh, do you? All right, then. Let's get into this, and I'll explain how my three-course meal with these three Goliaths of beer... Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, ...is going to go down. Bring so, it on. Bring it on. I'm, I am all ears. So, as a starter dish, I'm going to go with the Palo Santo Marron. Marron. Palo Santo Marron. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Burger King, and I'm going to order... Two of those little motherfucking rodeo burgers. Oh, God. They got the barbecue sauce and the onion ring on that. Uh, Yeah, that's going to really compliment uh, (laughs) the brown ale. uh, It's a little bit of red meat, and then that barbecue sauce goes right well with that that wood-aged flavor. Stay tuned, Top Nation listeners. There'll be a poll up this week to say, hey, what's the over-under on Steve's cholesterol levels? (laughs) Main course? I'm going to KFC, and I'm getting some double downs. Why Why do you hate yourself so much? Now, what's a double down for those that may not know what that is? We need to explain this because it is epic. That's a chicken sandwich, but the chicken is the sandwich because it goes chicken, stuff in the middle, chicken. Or the KFC sadness bowl. Man, I might switch my answer to that. Either way, <laughs> I'm going to pair it with the higher math. I mean, you already got all those 11 herbs and spices in there. You might as well add some more with some cherry tartness and some chocolate chocolatiness. So it sounds to me like that one is your numbers meal. That's my numbers meal. It's 11. Higher math. Get it. Boom. 11 herbs and spices. Plus. 20th anniversary. 17% alcohol. Make it big. Gotta go big. So you're buying two of them. Yes. Nice. It's an entree. Of course <laughs> I'm getting two of them. Now, are you getting the mashed potatoes with the KFC gravy? Gotta. You're damn right you got You got to have a side. Yeah. I have the entrees, which is the two double downs, but you got to have the mashed potatoes on the side with the gravy. And more important, yeah, most importantly, the KFC gravy. What else would I be dipping my double downs in? Oh, God. <laughs> Moving on to dessert. Entire box of Enamon Donuts. Ugh. Paired with the Oak Age Vanilla Worldwide Stout. Enamon Donuts are already God. Wow. But paired with a beer... That tastes so much like vanilla and goodness and stout, you'll never, ever, ever want to leave the house again. And you probably won't. Because your cholesterol is way too high. Because your sugar went through the roof and you have (laughs) diabetes and you have no feet. Now, I was on board with absolutely nothing you said. (laughs) Until you brought up the Enamon Donuts. And I'm not a donuts guy. Right. But if I'm having donuts, it's got to be Enamons. I mean... There's so much. I, I take a box of Edmonds over anything Dunkin' Donuts puts yeah. out any day. Edmonds is the best. I, I, I mean, obviously, I'm going jokey joke boy fun time, but man, fucking Edmonds Donuts with that would be really good. Oh, that would be so good. That is a fantastic pairing. Yeah. I tried not to, but it can't resist. But here we are. Yeah. I like those chocolate cake ones. They're so good. So I love that through, through your jokey joke yeah. meal, uh, you still had red meat in there. 
Yeah, well, no, I had red meat, but I didn't pair it with stout. That is true. Yeah, like but you guessed. That's the only thing that you're wrong about. Yeah. yeah. So the bottom line here is what I'm hearing is red meat is the way to go with these beers. One way or another. Yeah, one way or another. Um, I th- uh, some of the actual pairings I did read for the uh, uh, higher math, not that you will be able to find it necessarily. Because <laughs> it is no longer in production. Yeah, no longer in production. Uh, I, I got to give a quick shout out, actually, before I finish this thought. I picked up this last bottle of higher math out of a cooler in uh, Pat's Pub. I love Patrick's Pub. Right, I love it too. They, they just had one more sitting in the cooler. I was like... What? Because I'd never seen it before, and I was like, what is that? But it has the bright lime green cap, yeah, similar to the... Your worldwide stout. stout. Yeah. Right. That's the, a bottle that's worth saving. Yeah, and we just spent it on this one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I felt it was better to share the beer among friends than be selfish and keep it to myself. And as one of your friends, I greatly appreciate it. I wasn't talking to you, I was talking about the audience. <laughs> <laughs> in 25 episodes haven't you. you realized we're not friends got we just you. come together to do this got you hard so why are you in my house right now <laughs> uh, anyway back to my original thought that I de- uh, that I got diverged from by myself uh, some of the pairings <laughs> for the higher math are uh, like game meat yeah like, some venison dude venison would yeah. be sick with this can I change my answer <laughs> venison chops Ooh. maybe some yak burgers Buffalo burger would be good too. Yeah. Yeah. Yak, yak burgers. You can get those down in the strip district. Oh. Yeah. Actually, can Exotic I just change meats. all my answers to steak, steak, and steak? Yeah, sure. It sounds to me like we all need to go get some food after we're, after this episode. But mm-hmm. first, hunger boys. What do you guys think about this beer, the Higher Math by Dogfish Head? Steve, what are your thoughts on this? I am enjoying it. It is a very unique flavor. It is generally unique. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard, it's hard to come up with other words than unique at this point in the show, but I like, the, I like the cherry tartness. I like how it fades into a chocolate Belgian-style ale. It sound, may sound strange to others, but I'm enjoying the way it goes. You're enjoying the ride. Yes. I can, I can understand that. It's a, it's a, again, it's not terribly boozy, like I said. None of these. Well, okay. Well, no, the, pa- the first the, one was. Yeah, the Palo Santo is super boozy. So yeah, that one, one was. So this two one, out of three. Yeah. This one isn't super, super boozy. It's really not for as and, big of a beer as it is. Right. Sam, what were your thoughts on, on the higher math, the 20th anniversary Dogfish Head beer? So here's my final thoughts, and I will say that I've, I haven't fully yet pinpointed the flavor that I'm tasting in my mouth on this beer. However, I think it might be just a little reminiscent of the chocolate that's in there. And, and with that... I don't know if I really love this beer. Like, I want to like it because it's a very high-end beer. It's 17%. You can't taste the booze. You know, it's a big dogfish head beer. But at the end of the day, I think I'd like it better if the chocolate just wasn't there. I don't think I don't think that flavor fits into this beer because I want I, I would want something a little bit more sour. Um, I don't know. I, I've never had a chocolate sourish golden beer before. I don't even know if that's really making sense what I'm saying, but at the end of the day, I don't know. There's a fl- there's a flavor in there. I'm thinking it might be the chocolate that's just not agreeing with my palate. So, um, you know, overall, not not bad. I don't hate it. Uh, I could drink it, but might not have another one. I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not the hugest fan. Well, you'd have to find another one to get. <laughs> yeah, that's, have that's true. Well, you know, maybe for their 25th 
year, yeah. they'll do something else. Maybe it'll be an even higher math. Yeah. I think I get what you're saying, though. The tartness doesn't jive with the chocolate as well yeah, as the one. Yeah, I think, yeah. That's, I think that's what I'm trying yeah. to say. If I, if I didn't make that clear in my <laughs> random spiel. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of addition by subtraction. Right. Yes, exactly. Or multiplication by division. Okay, no, that's way too high a math right now. <laughs> math. Well, this is higher math. I mean, yeah. You can't just do addition and subtraction. Well, that's the most basic of well, This is cosine by sine. <laughs> uh, can we not go on a tangent like that? Yes, review the beer. I'd love to. Okay. You're making math jokes. <laughs> M-A-F-F math. <laughs> so the higher math, I like this beer. I kind of see what you're saying with a little addition by subtraction might be the way to go. However, if I'm looking at this as purely a dessert beer, I I I see I see where they're going with it and I really like it. If I if I'm looking at this purely as a dessert beer, which is the only way I would drink this. I I don't believe this would be a good way to start the evening or peak the evening. I think this is yes, I understand it is a high ABV beer, but I think this would be the way to end the evening. Mm. I like it. I would drink it again. Bottom line, yeah, okay. you guys, you guys have pretty much said everything that had to be said about this. Yeah, um, yeah. Bottom line, <laughs> I like the beer. So with that, I believe it is finally time uh, to get to one of the highest podiums I think we've ever had to deal with before. Yeah. So I'm going to start with Sam. What is your mm-hmm. gold? What is your silver? What is your bronze in, in the broadest sense of the term? Okay. Well, now that I've had all show to kind of think about this, as I've you know, enjoyed all of these beers, that's for sure. Here's here's what I'm going with. Um, I, in my bronze position tonight is going to be the higher math. Uh, like I was just, you know, going on at, about, you know, I, there was a conflicting taste in my mouth between the tartness of this beer and the chocolate flavor, which, not that it's bad. I mean, it, it was a unique beer, I'll say that. You know, I, I love the creativity and you know, with with this beer, with Dogfish Head, especially with, you know, the brewer going back to his roots and saying, yeah, this is, you know, I you know, I brewed my first beer with cherries, so I, I really love that aspect of it. But overall, I didn't love it that much. So it's going to get the bronze tonight. Uh, the silver, then, is going to go to the Palo Santos Baron. You know, a good, a good beer, solid beer. Uh, it was a little on the boozy side, but overall, I think it had a nice, nice taste to it. I would have liked a little bit more chocolate or excuse me, not chocolate, uh, vanilla and caramel notes in there, and I think that would have really helped to perfect the beer, but, you know, overall, uh, I did enjoy the beer. Far and away, the gold is the oak-aged vanilla worldwide stout. Love this beer. It was awesome. It had a perfect blend of rich, malty, chocolatey notes, and the vanilla was there in every sip, and it was just a dynamite beer. And I will say to anybody, uh, it's you know it's it's readily available. I've seen it in a number of beer distributors now. It's and also some uh, some brew pubs as well. It's a little on the pricey side, but this is one where you're going to want to spend a little bit for it. It's it's going it's going to cost you up to you know maybe ten bucks a bottle, but trust me, it's it's one of those beers that you don't know if this is going to come around again. Um, you know, the worldwide stout will probably be around for years to come, but the Oak Age Vanilla, this might be a one and one, one and done. It depends on what other people think of it. So if you see it out there now, I'd highly recommend splurging on it. Uh, you will not be disappointed. Check it out. That's my podium. Mm. Right on. Got it. <laughs> All right. Adam, how do you feel? 
I feel pretty good right now, but that might be and, all I mean, at the alcohol. beginning of the episode, you're mild excite. What's excite now? Mm, good excite, yeah? I, I'm good excite, uh, but I mean, let's be honest, we've been drinking some pretty big beers here tonight. Well, like I said, this is what happened. Yes. You're, good, you're good excite, so let's go podium. Yes. Um, so for me, what comes in, uh, what would be the bronze, and as previously said, bronze is a very, very broad term. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Palo Santo Baron. Palo Santo Marron. Palo Santo Marron. Uh, is coming in the bronze. Uh, I liked it. I really liked it. Uh, the booziness of it, uh, it is good in small doses. Mm-hmm. I think I would have a little bit of trouble finishing the entire bottle. Um, it would take me a little bit to get through it. <laughs> Did I like it? Absolutely. I like that beer. That is a good beer. My silver position uh, is going to go to the higher math. Okay. Um, and as previously stated, the dessertiness of it, I really liked it. I really liked it. I think, and, and I and I stand behind my statement that this should pair really well with a cheesecake. Mm-hmm. And I, I think with a really good dessert like that, this thing is out of the park. I like it. However, and I know I I, I didn't necessarily poo poo it, but I, I I wasn't excited as you guys were. Right. Uh, but the oak barrel aged vanilla worldwide stout, that's my gold. That is my gold. That is a very, very, very good beer. I would have no problem finishing this one. I would probably have no problem finishing the second one in terms of <laughs> taste and deliciousness. The alcohol content would be the deciding factor on it that. It would probably be sleepy time for you. It would <laughs> be sleepy see. time, and it would be calling the boss the next morning saying, oh, don't expect me to be in today. So, uh, Stay late savings, right? That's right. <laughs> right. I'm not going to see the daylight after drinking two or three of those, yeah. so it doesn't matter. But it, it was just a really good beer. Yep. So that's that. That's my podium. Steve, you, you seem to be the most excited about these beers, so I'm really curious to see how your beers stack up. Well, Adam, I'm actually just going to agree with you across the board. Oh, shit. All right. Uh, I mean, not necessarily for the same reasons, but... I'm going to put uh, the Palo Santo Maron. I'm going to put that at bronze. Sounds like a Spanish soap opera. I know. Maron. Right? I'd watch it. Tell Palo no, Santo tell Maron. Novella. That could be the name of the soap. <laughs> Telenovela. Uh, but it's a really good beer. It's a really good brown ale. It has a very good wood flavor to it. However, I mean, you guys have stated it already that none of these beers are bad. These are all good beers. Yes. However... The Palo Santo Maron had to go up against the Oak Age Vanilla Stout. <laughs> and there are just some things it does not do as well as it. Bringing a knife to a gunfight. Right. <laughs> so I just have to put it there. But I, I could still see myself, you know, eating like a piece of game food. Yeah. Or, you know, like venison chops or just even just a steak with a Palo Santo. So it that's, is a, a, that's a really good one. One for the meal. So you're saying it is a very well-crafted, mm-hmm. very well-balanced knife right. being brought to the gunfight. Right. It's a, it is a very good beer. Uh, silver, I'm going to put the higher math. And surprisingly, I didn't find it as much of a dessert beer as you guys did. Hmm. I found it to be more of a, like a wine. Like I could see it actually pairing well with a salad. With like maybe a vinaigrette. We don't talk about salads on this show. Sorry. <laughs> I, ha- I had gross goof boy time earlier. I just wanted to... A salad? Yeah, like a, like a salad with some, 
you know, cucumbers and other, you know, vegetables. No, I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. And, like, just kind of a raspberry vinaigrette to pair with that, it would, it would work. Maybe yeah, uh, fair. maybe <laughs> even tuna on top of that salad. But Not, uh, not canned tuna, though. Like no, nice no, tuna like, steak. Uh, no, like an actual ahi tuna. Yeah, not, yeah. Not bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to clarify. That's fine, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I found it. I didn't find the confliction between the tartness and the chocolate to be that harsh. It didn't bother me that much. I, you know, I liked it fine. The only problem I had with it was it still was a little hot on the booziness, and that's about it. And that's going into the gold with the Oak Age Vanilla Worldwide Stout. Mm. Why am I not surprised? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. For being the biggest beer of the three, it is the least boozy. That is surprising. <laughs> and that's what that's one of the things that has over the Palo Santo Marone, and it's one of the things that has over the Higher Math. It's the least boozy. Its flavor profile is overall just better than the other two beers. I'm sorry, it just is. This is like one of the pinnacle beers I've ever had. <laughs> it is as close to getting five stars on Untapped, which I never give out so as I could possibly get. Would you entertain the idea of putting this in your top ten beers list? Oh, easy. Okay. Yeah. All right. But I'm pretty sure the Worldwide Stout was already in my top ten. <laughs> now two so, Worldwide Stouts are in the top ten. Yeah. Both of them. Wow. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah. That, is, that is some high praise. Wow. This, this is a killer beer. It is absolutely worth the price point if you can find it. And try to find it while you can because, like Sam said, we don't know if they're doing it next year. Right. So go for it. Awesome. So it sounds to me like the Oak Barrel Vanilla Worldwide Stout is the winner. So far, it's the winner of the entire show. Wow. Of all 25 episodes, this is the winner. <laughs> I would agree with that. I would say of every beer that we've had on this show so far, it has been my favorite. I'm sorry, that mother lager, far and away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to shit in your hat for that. <laughs> that that was probably the worst. Although I will say, that uh, that Russian piece of shit that you brought on. Oh, that, that was terrible, that one, too. That was horrible. Right. That was awful, too. That not, was not awful. Mother lager, bad, but that was terrible, too. <laughs> so I'm hearing a bit of a theme here. Yeah. So 20, no more Russian beers. No more I, Ruskies. I'm very happy that this was our 25th episode. It, it's, yes. We, we had these great beers on. We had the right <laughs> beers to celebrate. We did it right. And so now for the 100th episode, we need people to send us <laughs> the Armageddon from... Uh, Brewmeister, that's one of those giant beers. A tactical nuclear penguin from Brewdog would be nice. Um, the end of history, the mystery of beer. These are all things you can send to us, you know, and if you want to send these to us, you have to get in contact with us, though. And how would one do that? Well, if you want to get in contact with us to ship us these amazing super beers that push the 30% level, uh, you want to email us at hopnationusa at gmail.com. Or if you have more questions like Justin, we're happy to answer them on the show. If you want to find us on social media, you just have to search Hop Nation USA, and that'll get you Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Uh, like, subscribe, join, whatever it is on those. And if you want to listen to brand new episodes of the Hop Nation USA podcast every Friday... All you have to do is search Hop Nation USA on iTunes, Google Music Play, Stitcher, or Podbean. And that will get you your brand new episodes. And if you're on any of those platforms, please like and subscribe to us, and that helps our exposure grow. Fresh and hot out of the kitchen. Hey, mm -hmm. All right, well, I think we owe 
a special thank you to our friends over at Dogfish Head for this episode. Maybe well, they, they didn't give us the beer, they, they but they give, did brew. They didn't give us the beer, but they made some awesome beers. Yeah. And we were able to hunt them down and find them and review them on the show today. And I thought that was pretty great because I think so too. they were big beers, they were rare beers, and you know that's that's always fun when we can do that. And so. most importantly, they were good beers. They were good beers. Yeah. <laughs> they did they none of them disappointed. So right. no. thank you, Dogfish Head. So that's about it. That's our twenty fifth episode. Fortunately for everybody listening, we will be back next week with a twenty sixth episode. A very special. 26th and it's going episode. to be a very special twenty sixth episode. I will not be here, but. There will be someone even better in my place to talk about something really awesome going on in Pittsburgh. So stay tuned for that, and happy drinking. Go find some Dogfish Head beers this week, Pittsburgh, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. 